Hey, right for Canada. You know, so many things in Canada are in the news all of the time, and, and uh, we all react different ways. And, and one thing of, of real note is the Canadian Indians. Now they're, they're called different names, indigenous, I guess, and, and uh, because Indians now are going over to people I used to refer to as East Indians. It's a little mixed up, but, but in this conversation, I'm going to refer to the uh, Canadian Indians as Indians, and they've had many names, and I get that. You know, they've been uh, called Aboriginal, Native, Eskimo, First Nations, Métis, and, and most recently Indigenous. But we have an Indian Act in Canada, we have Indian Reservations, so I'm going to go with that. So uh, there you go. Canadian Indians, information that I'm going to give you today has been gathered from many sources, including media, government, and we We've used some estimations and we've assembled historical facts and, and we've assembled all of these for a presentation here on Right for Canada because so many people are keen on this, they're interested about the topic and, and, and it's a topic again that you see all of the time. So, so, so let's get to it. Hey, 5% it's estimated that 5% that of Canadian's population is uh, Indian, that's about 1.6 million people, and, and they're legally Indian, they're entitled by a Canadian law to be eligible as an Indian and by the Indian Act to receive some form of financial or other assistance from taxpayers, from the government, of course, which is taxpayers. Further, it's estimated that there are really only about 1% of all Canadians that are full-blood Indians, which is about 350,000 people. And uh, several names have been used for the Indian race, as we've already discussed, or I've discussed. Indian reservations were created to be communal lands for tribes, but certain Indians, somehow or another, have gotten title of property. I mean, it, I find that to be so interesting and amazing. You have Indians on virtually every reserve that are extremely poor, and you have some Indians that are extremely rich, and, and they somehow get land that, that was designed as a reservation in their name, and then they turn around and they, they create shopping centers, trailer parks, housing developments, and they lease the land. Used to be 99-year lease, some do 35, and now they go upwards to 125 years, and, and people like Canadian Tire and other people become tenants, long-term tenants in strip malls and so on, and, and all of the revenue goes to that particular person who owns it, and in turn, he doesn't pay taxes because it's auto reservation and he's an Indian, right? So he makes all this money, like twice as much as anybody else, and on it goes, and those reservations were created for a whole different reason. Indian chiefs and band counselors typically are paid huge amounts of money, and, and they get paid for meetings. I don't know what it is now. It used to be $500 a meeting. I've been told it's upwards to $1,000 a meeting, and they're always having meetings. Why wouldn't you have two or three meetings a day? And, and that's never shown, doesn't show up with you know, their other pay, with, with their paycheck, but we don't get to know what that is anyway. The Liberal government, when they became uh, the government, said that's a secret, and the people who give them the money, the taxpayer, mostly the white taxpayer, they're not entitled to know. So we don't know. We don't, we don't know how much they earn. Uh, many Indians on reserves are rich, many are poor. More than half of the Indian children on, uh, in total, live in poverty. A study by Upstream Institute finds that 47% of children, Indian children living off of reserves are in poverty, and 53% of children living on reserves in Canada live in poverty. So, you know, there's all kinds of issues with Indians. They have the uh, power of overreach for developments, government properties, and oil properties, and, and pipelines, and, and so many other things. And recently, to kind of 
add to that, the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, he described the alleged uh, genocide that befell uh, Indian women, and it was a shock that was heard around the world. I mean, genocide? Really? <laughs> That's what he said. Genocide, though, is the action used typically to destroy a race of people by some form of extermination, with applicable terms used like massacre, holocaust, and crimes against humanity. And those are just some of the words that are used to describe genocide. And uh, typically it's the intentional and systematic killing of, of a race. And leaders of countries guilty of genocide typically and eventually are imprisoned for their crimes. So here's a guy that's saying, you know, we're doing this bad stuff, and he's a leader of the country. And, and every other country, again, they put these guys in jail or they they kill them, uh, leaders of countries. So he's kind of on a slippery slope there. But, but here's some stats to go with his comments. It's very serious comments. I mean, imagine talking like that. Anyway, here's the stats. According to the RCMP in Canada, out of 6,420 missing people in Canada, 1,455 are women, and of those, 164 are Indian. So obviously the greatest majority of women that are missing are white women. 88% of murders of Indian women have been solved by police. 89% of murders of non-Indian women have also been solved by police. Between 1980 and 2012, there were 20,313 murders in Canada. 6,551 of those victims were women and uh, 1,017 were Indian women. So you have 6,500 that were women that were murdered and you have 1,000 that were Indian women. 30% of the those Indian women that were murdered were murdered by their husbands. 20% uh, were murdered by another family member. 30% were murdered by an acquaintance. 8% of Indian women were murdered by strangers, people they didn't know. 8% only. That would be 92% of all the murderers are people that are well known to them. 44% of family members and acquaintances who kill Indian women are drunk. 74% of the murderers of Indian women are unemployed. 71% of the murderers of Indian women already had a criminal record. 53% have been convicted before of a violent crime. 62% had a history of violence with the specific murder victim. There's a lot of numbers I'm throwing out here, and, and this will all be on our website, writeforcanada.ca. So, so look at it, go through it, and, and you'll get a sense. It'll also be on writeedition.com. You know, the prime mistake, uh, prime minister, let's be respectful, in Canada and its liberal government, they're, they're not in step with reality. They're really not. I mean, Indians don't pay taxes. They get free education, medical, and money. And there's corrupt leadership everywhere. It's common. Alcohol and drug abuse and gang violence is common also. And there's a two-tiered justice system, which Indian offenders now have light or no sentences given to them. And they get put back in their community. And guess what they do when they're back there? I mean, they commit crimes against women. Many of them do. Statistically, it is a fact. Since 1946, the Canadian government has spent $3.3 trillion on Indian affairs. 3.3 trillion. That's what they state. It's probably much more than that when you get into the meeting costs and a variety of other things, right? How do you fix this? Well, firstly, you need to get rid of the Liberal government because they're a real problem, because they think that the Indians should have yet more power and more money, and, and they're racist against white people and, and anyone of color unless you're in a minority group. So how do you fix it? There's only one way to fix it, and everyone needs to be treated the same. The racism that the government puts on Canadians, uh, is a bad thing, and we should all be treated the same. So I guess we're sorry, Indians, I guess we did bad stuff, right? So, so let's all sit in a room, and, and if I was the Prime Minister, I would get the uh, Minister of Indian Affairs to 
come and see me and I'd say, here's a blank check. Go negotiate this deal and, and don't come back until it's done. You got like a week and, and fill it in. Whatever the numbers are, the numbers are. I mean, that's enough. And then we're all the same. And, and they have to pay taxes. They drive on our roads. They come into our shopping centers. We have to be the same. What's going on? Why do we keep on treating people differently? It ain't nice. Oh, well, you killed my great, great, great grandfather. I guess. I don't know that. But I'm of Norwegian descent, and I think in 900, a bunch of my people landed in Newfoundland. I don't think there was any Indians there then. I want Newfoundland. I should own it. Come on. I don't think so. Italy, Rome, they should have England back. I don't think so. You need to settle this. This goes on and on, and, and you have to have a true democracy, right? And to have that, you can't have racism. Our government is racist against most people. And to some groups, of course, they're not. I mean, <laughs> the money for Indians comes from mostly white people. Is that right? Is it fair? I don't think so. I've been white a long time, and I, I mean, I'm sorry for everybody that's in poverty, but you know, give them a fish, I guess, but teach them how to fish too. And, and uh, But let's do that. End it, write the check, and, and make us all the same. And you can't have these rich Indians making so much money and not paying taxes, and think that other people that pay taxes are gonna say, isn't that nice? I don't think so on that either. So that's Canada. Can it be fixed? Of course it can. Who can fix it? A government? Will you get pushback from the Indians? Of course you will. Uh, they're nations within a nation. Some bands even have passports, right? So it takes a lot of fixing. I get it. B but I think it can be. But you got to have people with a mind. And you got to sit down and say, here's the stats. You got to stop having all these parades and blocking roads and different things. We all got to be the same. It ain't fair to all the other people, and uh, how about 99% uh, of the country are not full-blood Indians. And then you have people who are blonde and rich and their kids go to university and we pay for it all because they've got that much Indian blood in them, they say, and, and the proof of that is, is, wow, dubious at best because all they have to do, I understand, is sit in front of a, some tribal elders and say, I'm an Indian, and convince them, and that's it, it ends there. If that's true, I'm told it is. That's pretty frightening, right? I mean, you don't want to pay for your kid to go to school. Go tell them that somewhere in your lineage there's some Indian blood. It's wrong. The system is wrong, and we need to fix it. How do we do that? We've got to fix the government. Conservatives, are they the ones? I don't think so. They had it for years, and they just made it worse, too. Somebody can do it, but we have to tell them the facts. Go to the site. Go through it. Research it. Get your own numbers as well, get your own opinion, and pass it on to some wannabe politician because maybe he can make our country better. It's not just for us. It's for them, too. It's for all of us. See ya.